Hey. Check, 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 hey, check, hey. check, check, check. Test, test, test. One, two, one, two, one, two. Lego. Man, the quarter way mark of the season is here. The Bulls have an outbreak, and Kyrie Irving might come back. I'm Rosa Panda. This is the Clinic All NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good, feeling great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. John, how you living? Styling and profiling, man. Doing great. Sammy, how you living, my friend? It's just another day in paradise. Of course, we are a quarter of the way into the season. And from what we've seen, here's some notable takeaways from the first 25 games. I want to know, first off, who is the surprise team so far this season? Who wants to start first? I'll kick it off. Let's 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 talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Came into the year with low expectations, what looked like a weird roster on paper, lots of size, not necessarily a lot of guard play, depending on what you thought of Sexton and Garland. Then Sexton goes down 11 games into the year, and this team hasn't missed a beat. 17 and 12 now, all the way in the top five in the playoff race. Jared Allen and Mobley have fit together great. Mobley looks like a defensive stud for years to come. Very surprised with them and really enjoying watching them. Like to see where they go next. Yeah, I was surprised by them too. I mean, last year they were 25th defensively, and this year they're third defensively. And when they put together their roster, you had like Jared Allen, Taco Fall, Kevin Love, and then they draft um, Evan Mobley. They took Lori Markinen. It's like they had these collection of bigs, and somehow they made it work. Anyway, anyone else with a surprise team? I'm going to go... I'm going to have to say... Sorry. I'll go. Go ahead, John. Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Grizzlies. 17 and 11. They've won the last three games. They're 8 and 2 in their last 10. And this is all without John Morant, who's missed the last couple weeks, I believe. And Dylan Brooks is also out. So nobody, at least I didn't think, that they were going to be this good. 17, six games over 500. The fourth seed, firmly in the fourth seed behind the Jazz and just above the Clippers. So let's see if they can keep it up. But they're playing really well. They have Jaron Jackson Jr. They have uh, Steven Adams. They have a few other pieces that are just playing well. They're playing as a team. And I think it's going to do them. It's going to sh- uh, give them. There's going to be a lot of dividends once John Morant and Dylan Brooks comes back because they, they're learning how to play without them. So I'm going to go with the Grizzlies as my pick. Yeah, shout out to Pete Pranica, who's been on this show, um, the voice of the Grizzlies. And, you know, the really big surprising part to me is actually Desmond Bain. While uh, John Morant has been out, he's taken a huge leap. JJ, do you have a pick for a surprise team? I would say definitely would be the Wizards. I wouldn't even foresee the Wizards playing for a playoff spot this year. You have Bradley Beal doing what he does, scoring 22 points a game. But Kyle Kuzma, come on now. John's boy getting about eight boards a game. <laughs> Not my boy. You, <laughs> you have Montrose Harold uh, coming through with 15 points a game. Resurrection from LA. So props to the Wizards. No one thought, I mean, I didn't think that they would be this good. They started the season 10 and 3. They're 5 and 10 since, but we're dealing with strange times and. I feel that they have the chance to pick it back up. Um, One more shout out to a team that is a surprise would be the Bulls. When I think about the Bulls, I think out of all of the surprise teams, they have a slim chance to beat the Nets. I mean, granted, if Kyrie comes back taking that vaccine from Whole Foods, what was it, the vegan (laughs) stuff? (laughs) 
the pyramid scheme <laughs> like people it. that go to your door, ask if you take this, they'll cleanse you. I don't know. I don't do Shots that. fired. Bulls, Wizards, props to those teams. Yeah, JJ, I completely agree. Our next section is the Trouble in Paradise teams. Who wants to start this one off? I'll go ahead and I'll start just because I don't want to be a hater, but I'm going to come off as a hater. So I'm going to say the Lakers. And we all know the Lakers are good, but they should be performing at a better level. Not close to 500. I'm sorry, John. I still love you. You still have AD. You still have LeBron. Hopefully Westbrook doesn't average more than eight turnovers a game. If they could clean up the turnovers, play defense, I think they have a promising future. And just what, like Sammy said a few episodes back, there's a trade about to happen. We just don't know who. Get a shooter, get some perimeter defense, and I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm going to agree with JJ. Like, we'll see what they do at the trade deadline. Does anyone else have a high expectation with low results kind of team? Yeah, I'm going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks here. They've been a very Jekyll and Hyde team this year, but they came off of last year, advanced farther than anyone ever thought. And this year, they just have not been consistent at all. This year alone, at one point or another of the year, they've lost 9 of 10. Then after that, they won 8 of 9. After that, they lost four or five again. They can't get on track. Trey already said that he's bored during the regular season, the chiseled playoff veteran that he is of all of one playoff appearance. (laughs) And their biggest problem is clearly on the defensive end. Offensive rating-wise, this team's actually second in the league. The issue is defensively, they're 25th. And as we've hit continually on this podcast, you're not winning a championship with that setup. And they have some horses that should be able to play defense between Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, who I know has been uh, injured at different times this year, Clint Capella. So it seems like it might be an effort issue. So we'll see if they can pick it up and if they can develop some level of consistency. But as of this uh, this recording, they're not even in the plan currently. Right, right. John, do you have a pick? I do. I'm going to go with the Celtics. And I know this section is high expectations with low results, but this is my low expectations with low results pick just because I'm a Laker fan. (laughs) But I will, okay, in all seriousness, the Celtics, people thought they were going to be better than 500. They're 14 and 14, currently sitting. They don't don't have Jalen Brown, who is their second best player, so that is granted. But Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, they added Dennis Schroeder on a a good deal. And they still have uh, Williams. They have some pieces there. They have Ennis Freedom. I won't say his... That's his last name now, so Ennis Freedom. And people didn't think that they were going to be at 500, including myself. I thought they were going to be maybe at least top six seeds, top five seeds in the in the East, but still early. Jalen Brown is not is still hurt, so when he comes back, we'll see what how they do. But the Celtics have always been, I don't know, they've always been a team who just doesn't impress me for the past five, six years. And I'm just saying that, honestly, I think a lot of people would agree with me that they're missing something and i think they need to shake it up to be honest yeah you know my my pick is actually the new york knicks and they're in 12th place right now in the east it there's a lot of things that worry me about the new york knicks especially defensively i mean last year they were fourth this year they're 25th their three-point shooting hasn't been great 
they've been in sort of some weird flux with their lineups because, I mean, Kemba Walker hit the bench. And that was one of their big free agent gets. They were looking forward for him to have actually decent minutes and, you know, adding some boost to this roster, and it hasn't. And, you know, their offense is a little better at 17th, but it's not quite the production that we expected um, at the start of the season. Now, our next segment is going to be players that are breakout players or surprise players for this year. Who do you guys have? I'll start. Tyler Hero is my pick. I like this one. Just because he had a really off year. Last year, after the bubble, he had an impressive performance taking the Lakers in the finals and showed out, played really well, had that snarl that everybody remembers from that from the bubble but then the next year following year he kind of had a down year i think i think a lot of the fame and the success went to his head and he just the stats didn't you know they didn't improve they were actually worse now fast forward to this year and they're improving they're much better it seems that he took the criticism that he got seriously that he wasn't taking basketball seriously he was more focused on the lifestyle his instagram and, and his followers and things like that but He's playing well for the Heat, and good for him. Yeah, Tyler Hero is a great pick. Does anyone else have any others? Uh, yeah, let's let's also talk about DeJounte Murray because the Spurs don't get any coverage. They're obviously a team that is not looking like they're going to make the playoffs this year, and so I think because they don't get any exposure, uh, other than hardcore basketball fans, people don't really know how well this guy is playing. For the current year, he's 18-8-8. Eight, and eight. PER of 20, which is top 40 in the league. Keeping that team in games most nights, and we just don't know who he is and how good he is because the Spurs are never on TV at this point. So I don't think he's talked about enough. I think he's made great developments in his game over the course of his career and this season. I mean, averaging a triple-double is pretty impressive or close to it, uh, despite what the image of it is now with a certain Lakers point guard. Uh, so I just wanted to give some props out there because I never hear him discussed. <laughs> and Sammy, I, looking at the odds here, I know this is your thing. Is, is he's third in the race right now for breakout uh, player of the year? Yeah, he's third right now, plus 900. Might be a sneaky play. The only thing that I have concern with there is because no one sees him and that award is uh, voted on by other writers around the country. Right. He might not get a lot of action for it, but a nice dark horse play at 9-1. to one. JJ, who do you have? This is the obvious pick, and it's kind of low-hanging fruit just to pick him, but we got to give a shout-out to Miles Bridges. Last year, he yeah. averaged about 12.7 points. Uh, he had about two assists, but compared to this year, he's having 20 points, averaging almost four assists, and total rebounds at around 7.2, which is really great. And Charlotte's performing at a lot higher level. I mean, a lot could be attributed to the ball brother, LaMelo, but shout out to Miles Bridges. He's doing his thing and he could potentially be an all-star. I'm not going to make any bets on that, but he does have the potential to become an all-star this year. Yeah, I'm going to 100% agree that that's definitely the runaway player for this award and my vote actually goes towards Jordan Poole he's basically taken a leap in every statistical category you could think of also you know before the year started everyone was saying you know the Warriors might be good but it sort of depends on Klay Thompson's health well guess what 
Jordan Poole made that a lot easier by being really freaking good. And that's why the Warriors are sitting atop most of the NBA right now. For our next topic, players that are broke are players that just have disappointed us so far this season. Who do you guys have? I'm going to go because I don't want anybody to steal my choice. I'm going to go with <laughs> the brow, AD, Ooh. Anthony Davis. And I know as a Laker fan, I could be overly critical, but with a guy of his size, his talent, his athleticism, he should not be, his stats should be way better than what they are today. And I know that he's has been out the last two games with knee soreness, but I think that two things. One, mentally he's not he hasn't been the strongest or the toughest person on the court, basketball player on the court, and I think we all agree with that. He needs to be pushed. He's kind of he's obviously an uh, an alpha male. I'm sorry, a beta male. He's not the alpha. He can't be a number one, and so that's always been there. But my other concern with him is that his injuries, right? He's always been injury prone. And I feel like it's kind of creeping up a little bit more than it should be. He's 27, 28 years old. going to be 28 years old soon. And for somebody that age, typically, they should be in their prime. They should not be getting injured or struggling. It looks like he's struggling with his with past and prior injuries. So for me, it's got to be Anthony Davis. I hope he picks it up, not just as me as a Laker fan, but he's, he's just a... He's one of those superstar players that he, when he shows out, it's super entertaining for any any basketball fantasy. So I got to go with Anthony Davis as, as uh, most disappointed at this point. Just to chime in on Davis too, I think the other issue I've seen with him this year is his mid-range game has fallen off a cliff. He's shooting right. 38% from the mid-range for the season. That's not Anthony Davis as we've seen him throughout his career. And he visibly looks like he picked up weight, probably to try to bang his side more, but that doesn't seem like it's good for him with his injury history as it is. And now we're possibly seeing it strike. But he's, he looks heavier, and without his mid-range, mid-range game there, it's one of those things that makes him so dangerous that's just non-existent right now. And with the yeah, spacing he- issues they have with Westbrook to begin with, that just enhances them. Yeah, he's changed his body. He definitely looks more like a five than a four. Um, anyway, JJ, who you got? I'm going to have to call out a top 75 player. And I know all of you are thinking I'm going to call out Dame. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm going to call out Surprise. Mr. Brody. James Harden. Oh, wow. Mr. James Harden. I actually liked how he played last year with the other two superstars even though he didn't average as many points he did have high assists but this year with just him and Durant and their roster not really helping those two I expected a lot better and I think most of us did too he came into the season out of shape and I never liked superstar players trying to play into shape during the season you never had that issue with Jordan you never had that issue with Kobe. You don't have that issue with Steph. So Harden being the so-called superstar and former MVP, I expect a lot more. His MVP season, he scored about 36 per game. He's only scoring 20 right now. Um, he is ha- averaging a little more assist, but the one thing that all of us have been calling out are the free throws, which he highly depended on. He averaged about 11 free throws 
his MVP year and only seven. I mean, he is playing good, but he's not playing good enough in a league that highly favors offense. So, James Harden, if he could step up his game and contribute more on offense, I mean, we're not going to expect much on defense, but he needs to really play well on offense, and 20 points is not going to cut out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Sammy, did you have a pick? Well, so my actually my primary two were actually Harden and Davis, but just to chime on, there was one point Jay made that I want to touch on, which is playing in the shape. It's one of the things that drives me the craziest too. So on that note, <laughs> as much as I love watching him play because he's the definition of what you would call a basketball unicorn, gotta call out Luca because he Ooh. came in clearly overshaped. There's a report that he came in at 260, and he shouldn't mm-hmm. be anywhere near that. And the stats are there, but the, if you break down the advanced stats defensively, the Mavs are horrible with him on the floor. When he goes off the floor, they're about six points better. And that's not a small jump. And I think a big part of that is conditioning. He's acknowledged it. He said that he's not in shape. And so with how talented he is and how young he is, I'm waiting for that season, and I hope it's next year, where he comes in ready to go from game one. Because if he does, I think he really will show us how good he is. Because we've already seen it. And I mean, me as a Clippers homer, I've seen it in the playoffs back-to-back years where he's just sliced and diced up that defense with Kawhi and PG on the court. So I'd love to see him healthy for and in the best shape possible from game one on just to really see his full potential because the sky's the limit. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great point. Um, football fans. I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets if they score you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit or $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Anyway, we're going to move on to our next topic here. The Bulls and Pistons game. Oh, sorry. The Bulls games versus the Pistons and the Raptors have been postponed amid COVID outbreak. And, you know, the Bulls have 10 players in protocol. They almost weren't able to have like the minimum of eight players required to hold a game. And this seems to be probably the biggest outbreak this season. What do you guys think of this? Do you guys have any comments on this? It's the sign of the times. It's winter, it's flu season, we're in a pandemic, and let's be honest, the restrictions have have been, you know, been away or kind of lax. None, none, yeah, pretty lax. So that's just my thoughts, really quickly. Yeah, Yeah, we just came off a holiday too. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, John. Uh, Sorry, I was just gonna say, yeah, I'm not really surprised by it. I think I'm actually what I'm surprised about is that it didn't happen earlier. But JJ's right. It is winter. It's the time when people get sick the most. People have, you know, it's colder weather. So it's more, people are more susceptible to getting sick. 
But yeah, I just thought it would have happened earlier, given that people really don't follow mandates, even if they're there. A, a lot of people, I'm saying a lot of people do, but there's always going to be some that ruin things for everybody and and kind of spread things. So I'm not really surprised by it. Right. Yeah, just to chime in, uh, the other thing is we just came off the Thanksgiving holiday, so the league actually is going to go to a slightly stricter protocol because of the uptick. Uh, there was a, an interview done, though, that did say that executives are finding this a lot more manageable than the outbreaks last year. I think the number last year is about 31 games were postponed, or even I think one or two ended up getting canceled near the end of the year because of outbreaks. So overall, the league feels better about it now. We're going to see if it continues, however, and just crossing sports, the NFL saw a record high of tests on Monday as well. So it's going across sports. Hopefully it's just because of the holiday and nothing else, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think this is the first time where we've seen this big of an outbreak and we'll see how it sort of affects the rest of the season. I'm not sure what they're going to do as far as scheduling if there is this large of outbreaks for multiple teams but we'll just have to kind of wait and see our next topic is Kyrie Irving he might come back boys apparently Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving has have been increasing in their contact in recent in recent weeks and I guess there's just some sort of rumblings that maybe Kyrie is starting to get convinced to come back what do you guys think I'm pretty petty, so I'm going to just re remind everybody that I called this maybe two or three weeks ago saying that I bet you Kyrie is going to play this year. I don't know how. I don't know why. But I think he will. And so this comes up, and obviously I have to pat myself on the back. But yeah, it, it's. I know it's a new story, but I'll even play devil's advocate to my own take. It's still, you know... It's just at this point, it's all skeptical. It's all um, there's nothing set in stone. I'll say that, and we'll see. There's optimism, but that there's no facts. There's nothing that can be reported as 100% true. So we'll see what happens because I mean, it's optimism at this point. That's all it is. And if the rumors change in about a week, I will remind you of that as well, so that you can't take too <laughs> That's long fair. victory left. That's fair. Uh, overall, you know, taking his viewpoints out of it, basketball is a better game when its best players are playing. So I hope it works out and he gets back on the court because he's he's fun to watch. He's a great player, and we'll see what Brooklyn looks like if they do get back to full strength at some point. JJ, all right, go ahead. You know that I know you like conspiracies. Yeah. So this is what I think, and I've read a few things, nothing confirmed, but in two days, the trade market opens up. Hold up. Oh. Okay. And I the trade deadline is in February, and there's a lot of Ben Simmons talk. Ironically, if they do get traded, Kyrie could play at Philly, and he could play against Brooklyn due to the weird mandates. Right, right. So, what's the, the best way to, one, get trade value up, and two, encourage your employee to come back to work? It's to hype them up. Oh, man. Have a positive spin in the news, and maybe he'll come back to work and be productive. 
I man, love that. That's, that's next level conspiracy yeah, right that's, there. That's, ne that's uh, next level conspiracy, dude. JJ just one up me right there. That's a great one. I'm going to move on to our next topic. It's our final topic. Kevin Durant is fined 25K for a remark that he made towards a fan. Basically, he was being heckled. Someone told him to stop crying. <laughs> and Kevin Durant said, shut your blank up. Mother blank. Excuse. You guys can fill me. in the blanks. What do you guys think of this? I think it's too bad that in person you can't use a burner account, and so we knew it was him. <laughs> and for That's all anybody, I've got to say about this. For anybody didn't that didn't get what Roe was trying to say, he said mother father uh -huh. to a fan. True. What I love the most about this is that he told the fan told Kevin Durant to stop crying, and I love it because, as all of us know oh so well, Kevin Durant all he does on social media, and all he does is cry whenever somebody makes a remark about him, whenever someone criticizes him, and that's right, why I think right. it's absolutely classic. For me. You know, I usually like to clan on KD, even though there's a love-hate relationship with him. But I think fans do get too comfortable. I mean, as they should, though. You pay, what, 15k to 30k for the seats, sometimes 45k if it's a prime-time game. So if you want to talk smack to the player, guess what? The player shouldn't hold back. You're going to be part of the game experience. We've seen players come at Russell, at Russell Westbrook and even say racist things and True. they feel like they could get away with it. So you want to be part of the game experience? All right, you're going to be told to shut your mother, <laughs> father. I, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that to an extent. I don't I think that when you cross the line and you get personal, you talk about family, you talk about your kids, you talk about things that don't aren't related to the game of basketball. I'm okay with a player standing up and backing, you know, backing up their teammates or fighting back or saying something back. But stop crying to me is just like part of the game. It's very innocent. I think that's like a funny way to heckle a player and try to get them out of the, you know, get them out of the mindset of of the other team. John, you you literally brought up what I was going to bring up. Like Kevin Durant hears everything under the sun right when he's on the court he got sensitive at stop crying like come on man <laughs> like really <laughs> that's the one that's the one that's gonna make you say that anyway that is it for our podcast i want to thank the guys for being on jj thank you my friend hey stay safe everybody john thank you for being on stop crying just kidding love you guys <laughs> and savvy Thank you for being on, my friend. Always a pleasure. And shout out to our video producer, RJ, for being on. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic, all-NBA podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcast.